Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Robert Brill. Robert has worked in advertising for 20 years and is the CEO of Brill Media, a digital advertising agency for scalable business growth. The company has been honored 10 times across Inc. 5000 and Financial Times 500. Make the most of your advertising, how creative testing is the new frontier for business growth, is what we are going to be talking about today. Thanks so much for being here with me, Robert. Thanks, Diane. Appreciate it. Thrilled to have you here. So um, let's talk about the current landscape that we seem to have. Uh, Where do most companies, well, where are they advertising right now? Yeah, 49% of digital advertising spend is going to Facebook and Google. So, wow. The, the, you know, like 78% of all social media spending is going to Meta. So, you really, these are the two platforms that are the most relevant for most businesses because most businesses are consumers of these platforms. Uh, so, there's a, a level of familiarity there. And with that level of familiarity, you have this awareness and then interest in in working on those platforms. The challenge is it's hard to run advertising on those platforms. Just because you have familiarity doesn't mean you have sophistication in dealing with the complexity to make those advertising channels work for a business. And that's where we come in to ensure that um, businesses large and small are making the most out of their advertising investment. So, yeah, because is it, I get the feeling that it is difficult for small businesses to be able to compete mm-hmm. with the big ones on, you know, getting that, um, getting the clicks, getting the exposure, those sorts of things on those platforms. Is that true? You know, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I think the biggest friction point for any business to be successful is not going to be competitors. It's not going to be big companies uh, drinking their milkshake as a, as from that movie from a long time ago. Um, it's themselves and their mindset. That's the biggest friction point. Because <clears throat> look at this. In 1985, to get on ABC, CBS, or I think USA was around then, like it cost tens, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars sure. to get access to audiences. Right. A day, it takes five dollars a day. Yeah. So there's, so there's a, there's a foundational component here where advertisers, if you have five dollars a day, you can be in, you can be in the game. I'm not saying you should spend five dollars a day. You probably should spend more, yeah. but it's not a money issue. <clears throat> it's not an access issue because all you need to access and run Facebook ads or Google ads <clears throat> is an internet connection, a computer and a Facebook account. So you don't need access. There are no gatekeepers. <clears throat> There's enough inventory in the marketplace for everyone. Okay. Um, 
So what's what's the what's holding a business owner back? It's it's them. Yeah. It's their mindset. It's their inability. It's it's the it's the abundance or or it's the lack of abundance in their in their mindset, I think, frankly. So the idea would be, you know, what we espouse, whether you work with us or another company, pay an expert so that the expert can accelerate your marketing or advertising journey by probably tens of thousands of dollars, meaning don't make tens of thousands of dollars of mistakes, right? and probably years. Meaning you will know in the next, if you work with an expert, if you work with us, you will know in the next month what you would have learned on your own for tens of thousands of dollars in like 2027. Because you will, you will not, you're going to tinker, you're going to learn, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to feel doubt, you're going to walk away from it. Facebook doesn't work for me. And then you're going to read more headlines about how Facebook is working for everyone else. <laughs> you're going to go back to it. You're going to spend more time and all this rigmarole. Like you could solve that in the next 30 days with me or another company. Okay. Now, uh, listen, I don't disagree with you. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because I bet there are people listening saying to themselves, Mm -hmm. okay, that sounds great. But how in the world do you know if you're hiring an expert? There are so many companies out there and so it's like smoke and mirrors. So many people talking a good game and then you pay them and nothing. So right. So how do we know? We there's a few things. Number one, you're looking for experience. The challenge and what makes our job so difficult to um, get clients to trust us is that literally anyone can consume a course, pay like $200 to take a course, or they can get a certificate. I don't mean a, a certificate from a, from a, from a community college because yeah. you know, it's a two year certificate. I'm talking about like two, two weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever the case yeah. is. Now you're certified in whatever platform you're talking about. You cannot by experience yeah. so look for people who have credentials on their linkedin profile uh-huh. school of hard knocks is not a is not a place and it's not a credential not saying they're not good they could be good yeah for this rubric you need demonstrated experience and by the way if the person that's selling you facebook ads today was a chris crypto expert in 2018 uh you know they could be great yeah. But switching industries like that is kind of a signal. The other thing you're looking for is illumination or contextualization of what's happening. It's in the benefit of our clients to understand what we do, which means we will over explain to our clients what we're doing, why we're doing it, and, and what you can expect from a campaign. So people who say, look, it's a black box, it's secret, it's proprietary. That's BS. The next thing to consider is advertising and marketing is not a silver bullet. When people say we will guarantee yeah. X, Y, and Z for your campaign, that's BS. Yeah. Can't guarantee it. Nope. What you can do is set a foundation so that you get smarter over time for what your business needs right now. But we don't make those types of guarantees because that's not realistic. What's re- what's actually realistic is I can guarantee you're getting the best data, targeting, and technology, and really smart senior people working on your business who will contextualize information for you, give you the reasons why things are happening. 
The next thing you want to think about is this communications framework of context, communication, and consistency. So context, communication, and consistency. Number one, you've got to talk about the why. Why, why are things happening? Data for the sake of data, not so good. Data for the sake of insights is really great because it helps you learn your business. <clears throat> the second thing is con- uh, communication. Like people should be around to talk, to email, to Slack, to text. Like you need, we're the experts in the room for advertising. Of course, people are going to want to talk to us to understand what's happening and how advertising is impacting their business. And then consistency. Day in and day out, you know what you're going to get from your advertising people. They can't be flaking on you and not around and all that stuff. And then I think the last thing, which is actually the very first thing in the chronological process here, is strategy. You don't just run advertising willy-nilly. You don't say, hey, I heard TikTok is cool. Let's run TikTok ads. What you say is, where do you want to go in six months, 12 months, Five years from now, what is your, what is your business goal? And let's backtrack all the steps to where you are today and identify the tactical actions that need to happen to achieve those goals. Along with strategy, you're looking at who your audience is, what your transformative value is, determining whether you have product market fit. Like, do people want what you have? You know, all those, all those things. And you start with that plan and the, the strategy helps you. It protects you from making bad decisions with your advertising investment because everyone, like when you, when people, when sales organizations understand that you have a budget, they're going to come at you and say, look, you should buy the bus bench, the bus shelter. You should buy out of home advertising. You should buy snap. You, you know, just the gap you should buy on next door. You should buy in ways. And the question, will always be, if I've been doing this for 20 years, whether you're at the highest level or at the lowest level, the question is, should we do this? Why aren't we doing this? And the answer is very simple. Is it part of our strategy? Right. If it is, we should. If it's not, we shouldn't. Thank you. On to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you you have this, you want people who have the answers to your questions before you have the question. Yeah. And you can't get that with people who don't have experience usually. Right. Right. Boy, that's so, I'm so glad I asked the question. I, I love that. And I, I love this idea. So, so folks, this is one of the things that really differentiates people. When someone talks to you about strategy and that you aren't necessarily going to be everywhere, that's a key that they know what they're talking about. Right. Because this is the trap that people fall into. It's the newest, greatest thing. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. And then they just get swallowed up in it and it, it doesn't work and everyone's disappointed. And then they're leery and don't do anything. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a bad, bad road. So, um, I love that you just explained that and I appreciate it. I think it's the first time I've asked the question where I've had someone actually be able to give me an answer to it. So you've thought about it. You've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tell me, uh, what is creative testing? It's, it's in, it's in service of these ideas that we just talked about. Okay. One of the things that it's important in ad, there's two key things in advertising. The primary thing that you do for advertising is you generate sales. Like, that's obvious, Yeah. which as an aside to this conversation, 
too many companies are accept are accept likes, comments, and shares, or engagement, or even clicks as their metric of success. Yeah. You can't pay the bills with likes, comments, and shares, and engagement, and clicks. You have to pay the bills with with money, with dollars. Yeah. So that's another thing. Like when when people say, "Hey, you should accept these these engagement metrics for success." You no, like you need leads and sales, depending on your business, or walk in traffic. So you need two things in your advertising campaign. Number one, you need sales. You need to demonstrably grow grow your business, and number two, you need insights. People don't talk about that enough.、Mm-mm. Advertising and marketing in general, like social media content posting, etc. But advertising is a real time focus group. <clears throat> It's the ability for consumers to give feedback to the business in aggregate based on the data showing in the advertising campaigns. In practice, what this means is understanding which products and services, offers, and discounts. Um, and even which audiences resonate with the business. So, for example, if you're selling five products and like product number four is the winner, like you just over the course of a year, you just keep getting so many more sales on product four, even if it's lower profit. Like clearly, the thing that people want is product number four, and you're wasting your manufacturing and your time manufacturing products one, two, three, and five. Yeah. You don't know any of that if you don't have this real time feedback from the customers about what they're actually buying from your marketing campaigns or your advertising campaigns. So what you want to do this creative testing framework is a is a three step process. Number one, you brought so this is for Meta, and then you propagate the learnings outside of Meta into Google and banners and connected television, etc. Okay. And, and really, what you're doing here is you're starting with five ads, and you're disassembling them on Meta. Five ads on Meta represent the text at the top, the image or video in the middle, and the headline at the bottom. Okay. And when you have five of those elements, when you have five ads, what you really have are five headlines, five images or video, and five primary texts. Okay.、And、you disassemble them, and when you disassemble them, you actually have 125 different possible ad variations. Like you don't have five ads, you have 125. You can mix、yeah. and match 125 different possible ways. So now the question is: Let's identify which one ad is the best out of the 125. And without going into too much detail, what you're doing is you're doing control variable test to understand which elements resonate with customers, and that takes about two days. And then you're running ads with the objective of leads or sales on Meta. And over the course of two or three weeks, Facebook is going to tell you which one ad out of all those that you have is the best. It has to do with the post ID. And as a result, you do this over the course of four weeks. You now have an all-star ad. You do this again in month two, second all-star ad, month three, third all-star ad. What ends up happening is most of your sales come from your all-star ads. That's number one. And number two, you are training Meta's machine learning algorithm to find your best customers. <laughs> the misnomer or the misunderstanding about Meta advertising is that you got to go really narrow,、yeah. target by keyword,、yeah. target by interests. You know, make it very narrow and have a bunch of different like ad groups or ad sets. Yeah, but that's actually not what Meta wants from you. 
what Meta wants, and they stated this in this um, sort of documentation called the Performance 5. So if you okay. want to Google Performance 5, you can. What Meta wants is for you to give it broad targeting parameters like age, gender, and location. Okay. So that it can find your best customers. <clears throat> and so what you end up doing over time, the, the premise for Meta is that your ad will be routed to your best customer. So like if you have an ad that's very, very narrow, like very niche, very sp- to like one very specific audience, you can target tens of millions of people, but Meta knows how to get your ad to the right people who are in market for that product. Because wow. it's algorithm is so exceptionally powerful because it has 10 or 15 years of data on all of us. So the result of that is, number one, you learn about your business. Number two, you're training Meta to find your best customers over time. And number three, it's actually far less work to run Meta campaigns because you're using their machine learning to find your best customers. I have a a 13-minute video on our website. If you go to brillmedia.co, go to capabilities and creative testing, you'll see a a full video that explains in detail how this works. Wow. uh, this, This brings another question to mind. Using Meta, is it um, valuable for B2B and B2C, or is it more valuable for B2C? Both. Okay. So, I mean... I mean, does it depend on the B, you know, who the B2B is selling to, or does it not matter? No, I mean, we're... So, you know, I'll, I'll use us as an example. So, we're we're a media buying agency using data targeting and technology to reach consumers. We work with business owners and we work with agencies. So there's actually agencies around the country who work with us because they want our expertise in media buying and they, they pair it up with their creative services, social media or strategy, whatever the case might be. Yeah. And they go to market and say, Hey, we have a media buying team and we're their media buying team. There's about 35 to 40,000 agencies in the United States. I'm targeting 140 million people in the United States with our ads. And I'm getting leads that turn into business for B2B, for agencies. Because Meta is targeting, is is routing our ad creative. Because my mother is not interested in in white label media buying for agencies. (laughs) But agencies owners are that, and Meta knows how to make this work. Wow. Now, when you talk about B2B advertising, Definitely in the consideration set is going to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. has, in my opinion, come a long way over the last few years in being an effective tool. Um, especially their lead capture ad product where you can actually fill out a lead form inside LinkedIn and never leave LinkedIn, which is kind of like similar to a product that Facebook has. Okay. But when you pair that with LinkedIn's dramatically valuable B2B data about Companies, revenue, company size, job seniority, how long you've been in the job, the professional groups you're part of, all those professional things. Yeah. Definitely for B2B have to consider LinkedIn as part of that equation. Okay. Boy, this I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Um, so so what is the outlook for 2024? Because when we're recording this, we're at the end of 2023. So mm-hmm. w- what do you see for you know what's going to be happening in the advertising space? Yeah, I mean, the big thing is um, 
Google is set to deprecate cookies, so the ability to track consumer behavior on a one-to-one basis through their Chrome browser. It's something similar that happened with uh, Apple and iOS, I think, 14.5 a few years ago. And people thought it was the uh, ad, ad, the adpocalypse, right? Like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to be able to track anything anymore? And people are doing, companies are doing just fine yeah. um, in a few ways. Number one, um, the solutions are using AI and machine learning to understand consumer behavior and to my understanding is that Meta is using sort of like like um, training data to fill in the gaps. It's sort of like, remember Jurassic Park where they found like parts of the DNA and they filled in the parts of the DNA that they didn't have with like frogs. And that's how you made a full-on dinosaur that didn't have any feathers. Which, by the way, as an aside, in Jurassic Park, they advocated for the dinosaurs having feathers. Or I think Michael Crichton advocated for that or is in the book or something. And Steven Spielberg was like, no, like this can't have feathers because it's going to look too cuddly. So we need to be scary. And they wrote off the idea they, in, in, in that fic, in that fictional world, the dinosaurs, even though the science said that at that time dinosaurs had feathers, they wrote it off and said, well, it's, there's partially the frog DNA and frogs don't have, you know, reptile DNA and and they don't have feathers. So that's why they don't have feathers. Uh, and it's completely unrelated. But the point is that I don't frog, know. It might be related. That frog DNA yeah. is what AI is being used for to model data off of, so that Facebook and you know Meta and Google and all these platforms can understand, can fill in the gaps that <clears throat> weren't av- that are currently not available because cookie tracking is gone. You know, so advertisers who have who are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year are going to um, rapidly adopt. And have rapidly adopted customer data platforms, excuse me, the ability to track consumers across different devices, as long as they've shared some information with the advertiser, that's kind of like expensive and not accessible to most small businesses. Yeah, um, They're uh, taking on more um, sophisticated attribution solutions like e-commerce. You can look at Triple Whale, for example. But for the everyday business that doesn't, that doesn't have fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars to spend in just analytics and and, and data attribution systems, mm-hmm. you go back to the fundamentals of advertising, which is you start at the top. The top is generating demand. You need people to know that your business exists and what right. your business does. Right. And when they know that, then you serve them an ad or, or various messages that tell them why they should buy with you, the product type the features, the price, the benefits. Then at the bottom of the funnel, you tell them, please buy from us right now. And this is important to understand because most companies just want to do that bottom of funnel. I'm going to serve an ad to people who are interested right now. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. What ends up happening is a little bit you're cannibalizing sales that would have maybe gone to you. Although you're, you are, you are capturing sales that would have gone to your competitor. So that's valuable there too. But at some point, you're going to run out of that low hanging fruit. Like there's only so many people who <clears throat> want your business without you advertising and creating more interest. Right. But you've got to spend money that is not going to be effective from a cost per acquisition basis so that you have an effective bottom of funnel advertising campaign on Google, on Meta, et cetera. Okay, 
So I'm listening to that and what that sounds like to me. So I, I just want to see if I'm on the right track. That sounds like is, you know, creating that awareness through uh, content, engagement, uh, you know, whatever it is, so that people start learning about you and finding out about you and then walking them through. Um, it's even, so it's even, oh, <clears throat> sorry. That's all right. <clears throat> it's even simply understanding the basic idea of the consumer purchase funnel, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. Simply understanding that that exists is a good first step. Then it's being, it's accepting of the fact that you're going to run advertising that is not going to be efficient, meaning it's not going to pay out. Mm -hmm. It's not going to drive immediate sales. And so when you think about your overall marketing efforts, absolutely creating content on TikTok. I'm a big fan of TikTok, even for B2B, LinkedIn, YouTube, et cetera. All of that is valuable. Creating educational videos. If you're a B2B service company, that's valuable, but also advertising is top of funnel as well. You can run ads on Hulu for $500 and you will reach people who are, who are in your target audience and your ads are going to say, Hey, look, we exist. You should buy from us in the future. That's it. Um, native advertising is, is a solution there. Um, where the ads look a lot like the, the content it's sponsoring, meaning like, you know, in new, in, in meta, for example, when you're scrolling on Facebook, like it's basically a native ad, like you have content, 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 ad, content, content, content on news, on sports and blogs. All it's the same way. Like you have three news stories, an ad that looks like an article and then more news stories. Right. All of that needs to work together. And that's the going back to the beginning of the conversation. That's the challenge that small businesses have. No one expects you to be an expert in this work. Right. Just like you wouldn't come to me because your knee hurts or because your car doesn't work. I'll right. break it. Yeah. Like you pay experts all the time. Yeah. To do the work that you don't know how to do. But for some reason, business owners feel that it's a waste of money uh -huh. to spend an extra few hundred or few thousand dollars a month to accelerate and not lose tens of thousands of dollars and many months or years trying to figure it out themselves. Right. Right. I think that is one of the, the big keys of this conversation is um, people really need to take a look at what are they doing. And I think very many small businesses are doing that very long term, very expensive. They don't realize that's what's happening. It's sort of 100%. right dripping, seeping out. And, th and they're not getting anywhere closer to their goal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that is. They're just doing low value tasks. Yeah, right. Like if you're a lawyer, there's no reason why you should be running Facebook ads. Like you went to school for like, I don't know, eight years yeah. or five years extra. Like yeah. I can get out of school fast enough. <laughs> like you went to school for a bunch of years extra and you're doing, you're doing this low value work of running Facebook ads. Right. Like your time is worth more than because what you're doing is you're learning how to run Facebook ads, but right. you shouldn't be running that because there's. But are you really learning? How, see, I, I, right? You're not really learning how to do it. Process. You're just doing it. That's another. So that's another point. This, you know, I'm a I'm a strong advocate. Never boost a post on Facebook or TikTok. 
Because so, bo- because it's just a money grab from Facebook um, to make you feel like you're in the game. It checks the boxes of, hey, look, I'm advertising and I'm cool with likes, comments, and shares, and I can reach, you know, 2,500 extra people with my post. Number one, why that post and not one of the other posts? Like, there's no, there's no discernment here. I've literally had clients tell us, <clears throat> we want people to see the post because we spent money creating it. Ooh. Like, all right. So that's number one. Number two, you're not learning anything. Like you're just throwing money at the machine. No, it's monitoring it. It's just, right. you know, it's the easy button. And number three, um, just in general, it's not there to grow your business. It's there to spend money so you can check the box and feel like you're right. The- right. Yeah. Th- this is, wow. I mean, it's so incredibly valuable. Robert. I love this information um, and the conversation. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. Um, our website is brillmedia.co, B as in boy, R-I-L-L, media.co. If you want to talk to me, we can have a strategy conversation and talk about how to scale up your business. There's a contact us button at the top right and You'll be uh, prompted to fill out some information or schedule a time to talk to me and we can talk about growing your business. Right on. It's great. Seriously, thank you so much for spending this time. I learned an awful lot. You uh, dispelled an awful lot of that gray, you know, you you gave clarity to it. So this is really tremendously valuable. So Thanks, Diane. Appreciate it. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian jiu-jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.